is it is a vapor molecule smaller than an air molecule? It is smaller, yeah, than an air molecule. Right. It can get almost everywhere. So right. is that how water vapor can move through a material that's yeah. supposed that's airtight? Yeah, that's one of the reasons. As soon, most uh, filling materials are porous, and water porous vapor can so easily go through the pores. So yeah. porous means that water vapor can go through. Yeah, but it can be porous and airtight. It can be porous and airtight. Homestyle Green, episode 180. Why does adding insulation to a building cause moisture problems? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast dedicated to inspiring people to make a better place to live. Professor Dr. Hartwig Kunzel is one of the world's leading building physicists and he is the creator of Woofy software, which we've talked about a couple of times on the show. It's hygrothermal software, which allows us to model both the heat flow and also the moisture flow through a wall or roof or part of a building. And this enables us to predict whether that element of the building is going to uh, accumulate moisture and if so, for how long that moisture is going to hang around for. Professor Dr. Hartwick Kunzel was in the country recently and I caught up with him while he was at the Proclima Hub to do a presentation about building physics and analysing the risk of moisture accumulation in New Zealand buildings. And I started out by asking Hartwig how he got involved in building physics in the first place. Well, my father was working at the Fraunhofer Institute for Building Physics, but I started chemical engineering and it was not my intent to follow uh, my father's pathway. Yeah. But um, when, when I finished with my studies, they had a very interesting project on heritage preservation. And that got me really interested and I started to work there. Yeah. And uh, what we realized at that time, the major problem for heritage building was moisture. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you want to retrofit a heritage building, you have to be very careful because they're very sensitive to moisture. Yep. So moisture control was very essential to do something about it. And also, if you wanted to insulate the building, it got even worse. But if you don't insulate, then the problem is, we always say, a heritage building, use it or lose it. Right. And if you want to use it, then you also have to insulate it to make it more comfortable, to make it also durable mm -hmm. and energy efficient, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, just tell me, what was your, why was your father involved? What, what was his role at, at Fraunhofer? Um, he was, when he started, the Fraunhofer Institute for Building Physics was founded in 1929 in Stuttgart. Yeah. And my father lived in Stuttgart, studied there. And um, then after the war, World War II, they realized that they needed some experimental field, field mm -hmm. test where you could set up test huts in order to investigate the performance of new building materials. Yeah. And since he was the youngest scientist in Stuttgart, they sent him to Bavaria, yeah. where this new field, field test site was set up. 
Yeah, and this is how he started there. And uh, I think he started from scratch with only very few people. And now in Hotskaten, we have about 200 scientists yeah. and technicians working. And what's, what's the, the business? Is it, what's the, where's the funding from, come from? The funding comes, about 40% of the funding comes from private contract. So mm -hmm. that we do um, research and testing for private companies. And the rest is governmental projects or projects from, from the European Commission and so on. Right. So it's an independent body? It's an independent body, a yeah. non-profit organization. Right. Yeah. And, and so you work on a, on a project by project We work basis. on a project by project basis. Yeah. If we have governmental projects, they're usually three to sometimes five. Years long private contracts are usually a couple of months to one or two years. Yeah. Why were you interested in heritage buildings? Well, I think um, heritage buildings are fascinating everybody. They're yeah. beautiful and uh, especially in Europe we have a lot of heritage buildings and it would be a real pity to lose them. Some people they just want to keep knocking them down and building, they're just interested in building new things. Do you think everyone's interested in? Well, I think heritage? in Europe many people are interested in, in the heritage buildings because they are part of our culture. Yeah. They're, they remind us uh, of who we are. Mm. And I think that's mm. quite important and where we come from. Yeah. And I think you always need a history in order yeah. to have a future. Yeah. So, and this is a really interesting concept of use it or lose it. And you mentioned insulating buildings is, can cause some issues yeah so we have this I and mean, we don't have much heritage but we know we've experienced this problem where we try and improve a building by insulating yeah. it yeah and that causes yeah. some problems yeah. but that's not unique to New Zealand is it no that's not unique to New Zealand that was the same problem uh, in, in Germany I think it's it's all over the world the same thing mm. um, I think the problem is that Insulating a, bil uh, a building is a real game changer. Mm -hmm. People don't realize it because you don't see it. Yeah. If you fill insulation in your cavity, the wall looks like before. Yeah. But it behaves completely differently. It's yeah. like feeding spin spinach to Popeye. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> but unlike Popeye, who's always a nice guy, yeah. uh, insulation can do a lot of harm to the building uh -huh. fabric if you do it wrong. Yeah. And therefore, moisture control becomes very important. There are different reasons why insulation might be dangerous for a building assembly. First of all, you get a real temperature gradient yeah. over the cross-section of the building. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, one side gets much warmer, the interior side, which is good. It enhances comfort and also energy efficiency. But the other side, the exterior side, gets much colder in winter time and warmer in summertime. So much larger temperature gradients. And that is dri a driving force. The temperature gradient is a driving force for moisture. And moisture right. will always tend to go to the cold side. Mm -hmm. And the other effect is when you have insulation in your building, you also change the drying potential quite often. Many insulation materials are not very open to vapor, mm -hmm. right? so very vapor permeable. So the the drying potential will will go down. That means it takes longer until water that has gone into the building fabric will dry out. Right. 
So, I'm, so an insulated building takes longer to dry out. Takes longer to dry out. Yeah. Gets wet faster and takes longer to dry out. Which sounds all bad. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that sounds like a uh, recipe for disaster yeah, yeah. and it often is. Mm -hmm. But if you do it right, if you install the right, I would say, vapor control layers, then you can handle it. Mm -hmm. yeah? So is this relates, relates back to your, does it relate back to your chemistry? Well, I, it wasn't chemistry, it was um, chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. If you do chemical engineering, it's a combination between chemistry and physics and things like that. Right. Um, so it's more applied. Than and just... also in, in um, chemical engineering, water is very important. Uh -huh. yeah? You have to do a lot with water. You have to know water very well, and especially water vapor and how it behaves. Yeah. yeah. Tell, me, tell us about water vapor because I... I think water, the science of water is, people take it for granted because water is everywhere, but water vapour can be quite confusing, I think. It's, it gets yeah. pretty complicated pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Water vapour can be by, uh, quite confusing because you don't see it. It's not like steam. You see steam. Right. But water What's vapor, the difference between vapour and steam? The difference between vapour and steam is vapour is an invisible gas mm -hmm. and steam is composed of very small droplets of water like fog. Right. Yeah? So there's already condensed water in it and therefore you can see it. So fog is different from vapor? Fog is different from vapor. Fog is, is, is small droplets of water right. mixed into the air. Vapor you don't see, mm -hmm. but you can see it as soon as it condenses somewhere on a cold surface. Yeah. If you have a cold bottle of beer, you will see that water condenses on it. And it's quite a lot of water that condenses on it. Because at that point, it's, it's liquid, right? Yeah, at that point, it's liquid. Yeah. That means it turns from uh, the gas state into the liquid state right. quite easily. Mm -hmm. At room temperatures, if you like, that can happen if the beer glass or the, the bottle of beer is a little colder yeah. than the yeah. environment. Yeah, which... Uh, here in Auckland, we see. I mean, I see it when I take stuff out of my fridge. Yeah, we've got 80% relative humidity inside our house, yeah. and even if I pull out a block of cheese or something, it yeah. it condenses on the outside <laughs> pretty much straight away. <laughs> yeah. because uh, especially now in the the summertime yeah. um, when it's um, warm and humid. Tell me about. Um, is it true that a vapor water vapor molecule is it is a vapor molecule smaller than an air molecule? It is smaller yeah, than an air molecule. Right. It can get almost everywhere. So right. is that how water vapour can move through a material that's, yeah. suppose that's airtight? Yeah, that's one of the reasons. As soon, most uh, building materials are porous and water porous vapor means can so easily go through the pores. So yeah. porous means that water vapour can go through? Yeah. But it can be porous and airtight. It can be porous and airtight. Yeah. Because this is this is only only just to and I did engineering too. I still didn't yeah. pick this up when yeah. I did engineering. Yeah. And it took me. I just assumed that a water molecule must be bigger than an air molecule. Now it's smaller, but it's not only a question of size because also um, the uh, compounds of air like oxygen and nitrogen could go via diffusion through a porous material, right. but not via convection. There is no air flow. 
Right. And uh, but there's no reason for air diffusion because you have pretty much the same concentration of oxygen and nitrogen uh, at the exterior side and indoors. So there's no difference. But with water vapor, there's a difference. Yeah? Yeah. Because warm air can hold much more vapor, water vapor, yeah. than cold air. Yeah. yeah. And that makes a difference. And therefore, you have also, especially in winter time, you have a much lower concentration of water vapor at the exterior side, and therefore vapor tends to get by diffusion to the outside. Right. If it cannot go through, it will condense somewhere, and then we talk about interstitial condensation. Right. Before we go on, I'd just like to say a quick thanks to Proclimber, who helped make this show possible. Proclimber's air tightness and weather tightness building systems, in combination with effective insulation and appropriate ventilation, create energy efficient, low allergen emitting, comfortable, healthy buildings. Proclimber's patented systems also ensure the long-term effectiveness of insulation and the structural durability of the building by protecting it from moisture damage, thereby making sure your healthy, energy-efficient and eco-friendly environment remains that way for years to come. Check them out at proclimber.com.au or proclimber.co.nz. Proclimber, and the insulation is perfect. And so this all became apparent to you when you started looking at these heritage buildings and exactly. and finding out yeah. issues yeah. when people wanted to insulate them because they yeah. wanted to use them. Yeah. So how did you then go? How did you then get to Woofy? Well, we got to Woofy because um, we had already calculation tools to calculate what is going to happen with water vapor. Mm -hmm. How water vapor will grow while diffusing through the building assembly, right? Yeah? especially when you insulate it. You could yeah. say if you have an uninsulated assembly or like a single pane window, mm. then you will get condensation at the surface. If you insulate it, yep. then you push the dew point from the surface, from the interior surface into the assembly. Yep. Yeah? So it will condense there. Yep. We already knew how to work with that and how to calculate that on a I think pretty simplified basis, but it was possible. But just doing sort of simple calculations, calculations, steady state calculations of vapor diffusion. Right. But the problem was, especially with heritage buildings, that it was not only uh, water vapor that was a problem; it was also precipitation, so mm -hmm. driving rain. Right. And quite often they didn't have a very good driving rain protection. Mm -hmm. And that can be even more detrimental because you have now liquid water entering your assembly and that can do a lot of harm if it cannot dry out very quickly. We, we like to think that we know lots about water damage now from the outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a lot of New Zealand and Australia as well is pretty convinced that, that we have leaky buildings here and it's a unique problem. But you've experienced oh, this. Yeah. That's yeah. a worldwide problem. It's a worldwide. Because yeah. you, yeah. you've also spent time in America yeah. as well. Exactly. And, and similar things. I've seen it in the United States. Um, and we're talking early, you know, mid-century buildings, mid-70s, 80s. I would say most of the buildings have that problem. Even in Germany, buildings where you have the feeling everything is all right, mm. they might experience some moisture entry, moisture ingress. Right. Uh, only sometimes the difference is, is just that you have building materials mm -hmm. that are more tolerant to moisture and others are more sensitive. Right. 
So if you have masonry, that's more moisture tolerant. If masonry gets wet, it will dry out yeah. without any problem again, yeah. uh, without you seeing it or getting yeah. damage or whatever. If you have wood-based materials, yeah. so renewable materials, they're much more moisture sensitive. Yeah, yeah. No? Because yeah. they tend to decompose yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have moisture. On the other hand, our future will be to use more of these renewable mm -hmm. materials because if we want to get the CO2 emissions down, carbon dioxide emissions, then building with concrete, steel and masonry is not the best idea because there's a lot of embodied energy in it. If you have renewable material like wood-based materials, they have absorbed a lot of carbon dioxide during growth. Yeah. And if you then store these materials by putting them into a building, yeah. that CO2 is stored there, which is a very good thing. You yeah. just have to make sure that they are durable enough that they're not decomposing while they are yeah, yeah. in use. A lot of people like those heavier materials because of the thermal mass. Do you, do you think that's valid? Um, thermal mass is important if you have large temperature swings between day and night hovering or around comfort conditions. Mm. Then you can do something with thermal mass. But most right. of the time it's either on average much colder outside or much warmer. And then thermal mass doesn't help a lot. Right. Thermal mass also has a disadvantage if you don't use your building permanently or the rooms. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you get into the room and try to condition it. It takes much longer yeah, until you get yeah. comfort big, conditions. Yeah. 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 Than what you have. So you're doing mass. relatively simply steady state calculations. You know you're starting to find there's a problem with yeah. these heritage buildings. Yeah. How did how did Woofy come come about from from that? Yeah. Um, the development of Woofi was funded by the Ministry of um, Research in Germany during this project on heritage buildings because yep. we realized we had more problems than just vapor diffusion. We also had rising dam problems in these old heritage buildings. Right. So that's something you have to uh, deal with. Yeah. And therefore we needed a new tool and we needed a tool that was able to follow the dynamics of the building. Yep. Uh, not only steady-state conditions, but the actual conditions that we have in a building. Yep. Uh, so responding to the inside. Responding to changes of the conditions at the inside and also at the outside. The climate on the outside. Right. The so outside. you end up with yeah. a more of a dynamic model yeah. instead of... You a, need a dynamic model in order to capture all that. Yeah. And I'm guessing around this time, computing power was becoming more yeah. available as well? Were we talking and I think that was important because yeah. when I started with my PhD thesis, that's about 25 years ago, um, then it was a problem. So we had large microcomputers yeah. to do the simulations yeah. and sometimes it took overnight. Yeah. Today, so, if you yeah. use Woofy, you can do a calculation over 30 years in two or three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything has become much faster. Yeah. Therefore, I think even more people are using it now. Yeah, because yeah, you, like you see the little clock ticking yeah. around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and that was the outcome of your PhD, right? That was the outcome. Woofy is the outcome of my PhD. Pretty, yeah. pretty um, successful PhD, productive yeah. PhD. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think I, I was very uh, lucky that uh, I was, I, I would say that 
I worked on the right thing at the right time. Yeah. 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 You never know before. Yeah. yeah? And it, it soon turned out that because the um, energy regulations, energy efficiency regulations in Germany became more and more stringent. Yeah. yeah? And what was developed initially for heritage buildings was then able to solve problems that we got in modern buildings when we insulated them with higher insulation thickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, mind boggles as to how you go about a project like that. Do you, so you've done the coding and the, the creating yeah. Of, yeah. of the software. You, have you yeah. done anything like that before? Yes, at the university, um, I did CFD uh, modeling right. and things like that. So I had experience with that. Yeah. And because not many people who, who study architecture or building engineering uh, do models like no. that, uh, yeah. that was my chance, I think. Right. You know? At yeah. the same time, um, I had already connections to England. I did my uh, student's thesis at the University of Manchester mm -hmm. and my uh, diploma thesis uh, in Paris. Nice. So that helped me yeah. also to see how others are dealing with that, uh, what their knowledge is. And right. I think that's very important to have that scientific exchange. Yeah, and I think that's something that we miss because we, we have been geographically isolated down yeah. here. We, we try and innovate and do things, reinvent things ourselves. We don't have, I mean, it's getting easier now to collaborate and we should broad, yeah. um, but you know I guess that's one of the strengths of Europe is, is being able to go and see yeah our location is pretty central and if you yeah. go to another European country it's it's straightforward it just takes a couple of hours yeah um, was also the mentality that it's not a unique issue that there are other people yeah that are having similar climates similar buildings similar people um, and, and we're guilty often of thinking that we're a bit more special than we, than we really are. Well, I think you are special. Everybody is special. Every country is special. Uh -huh. But still, there are some problems of physics that you have in every country. Yeah. And what I learned, especially with the collaboration with the United States, with Oak Ridge National Lab, is mm -hmm. I always thought that uh, moisture in buildings is a cold climate problem. But right. that's not true. Uh, it's even a hot and hot and humid climate problem. Yeah. It might be even worse there. Yeah. yeah? So yeah. Um, it wasn't a problem in the hot climates as long as they didn't cool their buildings. But when they started to cool their buildings, they got that yeah, gradient right. again yeah. and with all the condensation problems and so on. Because you're just same. getting that drive through the structure of the building. Yeah. And from the other side, but you also get that. And drive. I suspect this is going to be an increasing problem. This is going to be an increasing problem, definitely. More buildings that yeah. are closed up in, yeah. in warm climates across Australia, even here in New Zealand. Definitely. We've got ambient yeah. 80% humidity outside. Yeah. If we're in this building and we're now, yeah. we're air conditioning it. So somewhere there's a, there's a vapour yeah. gradient as well as a temperature yeah. gradient. And there's one thing in building physics that, that's maybe unique. Uh, it's not so easy to transfer know-how from one country to another. First of all, building traditions are different. Mm -hmm. You use different building materials. Yeah. The climate is different. And also the occupant's behavior is different. Right. So I think instead of just looking somewhere else, it's better to come together and learn from each other. I think yes. this is my belief. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I, I'm a big advocate of that as well. As learning from the mistakes and the yeah. learning from overseas and then incorporating that into our... Exactly. Um, local conditions 
but not thinking that nothing else is relevant no. because it was done in Germany or, yeah, exactly. or the US and therefore doesn't apply yeah. to here. Yeah, that's wrong. And what's also wrong is if you just take a product from another country and say, well, I put it here. Yeah. You have to think about it. Yeah. Would it work under these conditions? Yeah. No? And I guess that's not a fixed point in time either because I would imagine that as people start to experience better performing buildings, how we use those buildings is going to change. So the exactly. so the industry might change over a period of time as well. Yeah. So it's not a it's it's not fixed. We have to kind of keep. It, it's not a one way street. Yeah, it goes yeah. in different directions. Yeah. You know? And I think the most important thing is that you allow innovations. Yeah. Also that your codes and your standards are such that they are more performance based than prescriptive. I think this is also very important. It, Yes, we could talk about building standards. I mean, we're in a very interesting situation here where the idea of our building code is, is completely non-prescriptive. It's, it's a performance-based yeah. code, but because we have our acceptable solutions, it's become, by default, quite prescriptive mm -hmm. in, in reality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's a big challenge for the industry right now. Where's, where's Woofie now? What's the future like for, for Woofie? How many people have you got working on it? Oh, I haven't counted that, but there's <laughs> several thousand all over the world. So wow. very many are yeah. using it. So, um, and, a, and a team at, at Fraunhofer? We have a team of about 10 people, or, or no, it's even more in the meantime, 12 to 13. Yeah. We're constantly working on improving Woofy mm -hmm. and uh, getting new versions out. So we have the one-dimensional version, we have yeah. a two-dimensional one, and we have a hydrothermal building simulation tool. Yep. It's like an energy calculation tool, but it includes moisture. Right. And it takes account of the exchanges between the interior spaces and the building envelope, yep. the moisture exchange. And yep. that's also very important because you have moisture buffering effects and things like that yeah, that right. can help you or can be a problem. Mm -hmm. It depends on, on the situation. And we, we are also working together with the Pacifos Institute of the United States, mm -hmm. FIERS. Yep. And they use our tool Woofy Passive yeah. to, do, to do their certification in order to see, and also in order to see how uh, a new building design would perform under different climatic conditions. Right. Yeah? right. Also, the humidity yeah. is quite important there. Yeah. Um, and I get, as we've been discussing the last week or so here, one of the challenges for Australia and New Zealand right now is getting the data, right? For the products yeah. because it relies on some specific material properties material yeah. properties yeah. to be able to do the model and I've experienced this years ago when I've played around with things yeah. like uh, well perforated foil is one example where you can change the parameter yeah. by quite a small amount and yeah. it will have a huge yeah. impact on the end result of the accumulation of moisture inside, inside the wall so what do we need to do here uh, both Australia and New Zealand yeah. to increase the uptake yeah. of Woofy. Yeah. I think data is important, but uh, there is a database with about 600 different building materials already in Woofy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say most of the building materials that you use here in Australia and New Zealand are pretty much the same as we use them in Europe or United yeah. States. Yeah. So there is not that much difference. Pretty much yeah, it's pretty much the same all over the world. Yeah. And there might be some special materials that you sure. just have here and yep. those then you have to test. Yep. Yeah? But I think that's a minority yep. of materials. 
What's also important is to get the right climate data. Yep. You can uh, use the normal energy meteorological uh, weather files, the yep. usual energy calculations, as long as driving rain is not an issue. Yeah. Because most of these um, data, the meteorological data, don't contain any accurate uh, rain data. Because right. in order to calculate wind-driven rain, you need rain, the amount yeah. of rain per hour, and also wind speed and wind direction in yeah, order to right. figure out where the, the rain Because it's not just a bucket in the field saying how much rain is no, falling. No, that's it's, not enough. It's you how need... fast the rain's going and exactly. in what direction. Yeah. So driving rain uh, is something that you can calculate out of rainfall and wind, wind speed. Yeah, right. Uh, and you also need the wind direction yeah. to know what orientation is uh, the most affected. So we have that here, don't we, from NIWA? We've got a good data set. I think there is, I think we have, but you just have to put it together, I guess. Right. It has yeah. not been done yet. Oh, right. Uh, as far as I know. Um, but you are working closely with brands here in yeah. New Zealand. Yeah. And I know Jesse Clark's been on the case with some of the, the building yeah. uh, product suppliers, both yeah. Here in New Zealand and in Australia, yeah. so that's that sort of work in progress in the background. Exactly. And I guess the thing for for listeners to to know and to have confidence is that Fraunhof is working directly with yeah. organisations. I mean, that relationship's been going on for a while. How long have you been working for, with for, brands? For many years, I think that's goes back fifteen years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it was more a scientific exchange. Yep. And now, and we didn't really talk about material properties and uh, the different types of construction that you have, yeah. have here in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, but this will be done in future. We have just started with that. Yeah, but I think that's important. That's a good point because it's not. This hasn't come out of the blue. It might be no. the first time, or people have heard about it for the last year or so. Yeah. But all that work's been happening in the background, yeah. so it's really robust, and yeah. there's a strong relationship there with the originator yeah. and, and your team yeah. <laughs> so I think that's important because people can definitely have have confidence yeah. in it um, it's exciting stuff so and you're going to be back down in Australia for yeah, the time next year next for year? about 11 weeks yeah I will go to the University of Tasmania doing a sabbatical there excellent so I think I will have ample opportunities to see other places go to other doing institutions some tramping, doing some oh, it'll be bushwalking over there not tramping yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I will also uh, go to my colleagues at Brands and so on uh, yeah, yeah. at that occasion. Yeah. I think it's, it's good if you have a little more time once you're here so you can really see what people are doing yep. at the construction sites and so on, get acquainted to the different building Absolutely. conditions and everything. Yeah, it would be super valuable for us yeah. as well. So it's, uh, it's fantastic to have you here this time yeah. around. I'm pleased that you're coming back and continuing on the, uh, the, uh, the process. It would be, uh, be great. Um, just before we, before I had a crack at it last time. Yeah. How do you how do you pronounce uh, Woofy? Woofy. Well, it's you pronounce it like that, and the, the full, uh, it the stands full acronym. Name. Yeah, the yeah. acronym is Wärme und Feuchte Transport Instationär, which means Heat and Moisture Transfer, Dynamic Heat and Moisture Transfer. That's yeah. what it means. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Brilliant. And that was Professor Dr. Hartvik Kunzel there from Fraunhofer Institute. He is the founder and creator of uh, Woofy Software. 
Lots of resources available now on Woofy. I'll put some links in the show notes to the uh, presentations that Hartwick and Jesse Clark from Proclime Australia did at the Proclimer Hub on the 28th of November 2018. Great that uh, Hartwick's coming back as well to spend some time in Tasmania. Hope uh, we can get him back across the Tasman as well to uh, to New Zealand here uh, in 2019. It's also really assuring to know that not only are thousands of people using Woofy software around the world, there's a dedicated team in uh, Munich working on this at the, at the Fraunhofer Institute, but there's also a lot of collaboration that's been going on for quite some time here in New Zealand with brands and uh, also with other agencies around Australia. So it's pretty well established. We know it works, like I say in the, uh, in the post. Physics works wherever you are on the, uh, on the globe. So that's useful for us. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just need to apply things to our local conditions. Primarily, that means getting data from local manufacturers and suppliers. It's a bit of a journey and uh, encourage you to keep up to date with all of that, all things Woofy. You can do that at proclimate.co.nz forward slash Woofy. That's W-U-F-I. And you can check out the show notes for this episode at homestylegreen.com forward slash 180. That's it for me for this week. Hope you enjoyed that show. I'd love to get your feedback. You can email me, matthew at homestylegreen.com. Now go make a better place to live. Mm-hmm.